Hello, my name is Davis Bamigwe. Today I'm starting a new teaching titled Right Thinking, Right Believing, and Right Living. Here is the introductory episode. My belief definitely is that right thinking leads to right believing, and right believing leads to right, right living. What I'm saying is, if you want to experience a better result, no matter what that better looks for you or means for you, you must choose a better thought. Now, what is a better thought? Well, any thought that motivates you to achieve more, more and become more in life without decimating your fellow humans in the process is a better thought. These kinds of thoughts release vibrations in, your, in you that propel you forward. Right thinking does not mean choosing better thoughts alone. No, it goes beyond that. Right thinking means choosing and embracing thoughts that are in alignment with verity and truth. In John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus Christ emphasized the importance of embracing the truth as a way of life. He says, For if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. This means God's truth releases freedom, not bondage, into your life. If you want freedom, then choose and embrace God's truth. Jesus Christ says, if you embrace my reality, such reality will release more freedom into your life. The truth that Jesus Christ gives us releases us from the bondage of our past, the bondage of our sins, and the bondage of religion. There are three primary categories in our thought process that must align with God's truth. And these are, number one, our thoughts about God, our thoughts about ourselves, and our thoughts about others. Now, let's look at how thoughts form belief systems. Later, we're going to co- go back to these thoughts uh, categories that I've just shared now. But for now, we want to talk about something that is really, really important that I call the fulcrum of our, of our conversation. And that is about our belief system. How our beliefs form? Well, the simple answer is beliefs are formed through repetition. Repetition makes a fact to seem more true, regardless of whether it is true or not. Have you ever heard the phrase, repeat a lie often enough and it becomes the truth? Well, it becomes your truth for the fact that it is your truth or your paradigm, though it does not make it to be the truth from God's point of view. But because you have repeated this lie to yourself over and over again, you have believed it to be the truth, even though it is not the truth from God's point of view. The beliefs you have you have about anything in your life are created over a period of time through a consistent way of thinking. Now, notice the word consistent in my last sentence. Your, or that word consistent could also mean the word repeated or repeatedly. Your beliefs are formed by information received by your mind over and over and over again. And this information, because they have been presented to your mind over and over again, and your mind has chosen to believe them to be the truth, then they become a belief system. Because your mind has not challenged this quote-unquote truth, they form a stronghold in your life. And this stronghold affects your view of the world and the way you relate to others. Now, when I do mention the word stronghold, I don't want you to get it confused to think stronghold is like bondage. Well, you might, you might call it a mental prison, really. But uh, it's not to be confused with, oh, 
I want to break this stronghold. This is a demonic stuff. No, actually, what he's talking about here, a stronghold is, is a bastion. It's an impenetrable wall that has formed a protection around what you claim to be true for yourself. Now, the only thing we're going to be looking at in this <laughs> message is to say, what, whatever you've believed about yourself that has become a stronghold or the way you look at life, we want to expose that view to the view that God presented in his world. And then by just opposing the two together, that would then be, be, be able to help you to look at things from God's point of view. Because God's point of view always releases us from bondage of the past, bondage of sin, bondage of religion. Your thoughts, if you think them over and over and over again and assign truth to them, they become beliefs. The way I liken beliefs to is I liken beliefs to one paths or tracks left in the field by virtue of constant use. Imagine with me that you were given a portion of field to, to cultivate and to use, and you decided to make a pathway to access that field. The first time you cut down shrubs in order to make the pathway that you want to go through, you may probably encounter some difficulty because that's the first time you are doing it. But as you persist through in cutting down the shrubs, that pathway would then be created. Once a pathway has been created, it is easier for you to pass through that path. Why? Because the pathway now has been created. Now, if more and more people pass through the same path, then it could become a one path or what I call a thoroughfare and the initial shrub totally disappear. That is the way your mind is. When thoughts are first presented into your mind, the first thought, the first before the first thought can be established might be a bit difficult. But as the thoughts are persistently presented over and over and over again, and you are not resisting it, after a while, it becomes a pathway or a one path or a thoroughfare. And at that point in time, it becomes a place that it's very easy for the thought to show up and it will trigger some emotions in your body. Your mind is like that field. And the thoughts, whether possible or negative, are constantly trying to create pathways in your mind. Left unchecked, the thoughts that consistently and more frequently push through the shrubs of your mind will be the one that eventually creates that pathway. Once the pathway is formed, it is much easier for other thoughts of the same type to pass through your mind. Because of the ease at which these thoughts now can move into your mind, they ultimately control your life. At this point, the thoughts have become a belief system. They've become a stronghold and they put your life on autopilot. Another way to look at your mind is to consider it to be like a big cave filled with different caverns. Thoughts flow into this cave and deposit positive, negative, and indifferent impressions as they run through. These impressions can be likened to stalactite or stalagmites in, in your mind. As these impressions continue to flow unchecked or unfiltered, they continue to grow in size and form a stronghold in your mind that can control everything that you do. And that is what a belief, a belief is. A belief is thought. A belief really is made of thoughts that you, you have thought about over and over and over and you have assigned truth to such thoughts to the point where they become a controlling factor in your life. If your beliefs were shaped by positive stream of thought, you have positive beliefs. And if they are shaped by negative thoughts, 
then your belief system will actually work against you. Beliefs are thoughts that you keep thinking over and over. If your mind is barraged by constant stream of negative thoughts, then your belief system will become unhealthy. And if your mind is exposed constantly to positive thoughts, then you will form a healthy positive belief system. How beliefs affect your life? Beliefs create a cognitive lens or paradigm through which you interpret the events of your world. And this paradigm becomes the selective filter through which you sift the environment for evidence that matches up with what you believe to be true. Let me illustrate this with this example. Tom, that is not his real name by the way, is a salesman who works in the automobile industry. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic of 2020, Tom unfortunately lost his job. When Tom received the news, he allowed his mind to dwell on how he must have been relieved of his duties because his manager did not like him. And the more he allowed his mind to dwell on the negatives, the more he found reasons to feel resentment towards the people he used to work with. Tom's Tom had allowed his belief or his belief system to become something like, nobody likes me, or if I'm good at my job, I will never get sacked. So since I got relieved of this job or since I got sacked, I must not be good enough. This feeling of not being good enough or nobody likes me has created what I call a rejection bias that made Tom now to perceive this experience as a form of rejection of himself. By constantly repeating this internal dialogue with himself, Tom then became afraid to look for another job in case he gets quote-unquote rejected again. One interview he managed to secure, he was even too self-conscious to give it the best. The feeling of rejection totally deflated his ability to articulate himself. Guess what the result was? He did not get a job. And the cycle then becomes a perpetuating cycle. Now, I'm using Tom as an example, and I don't intend to paint negative pictures in your mind. But from this example, it's easy for you to know that our thoughts form our belief systems, and our beliefs continue or contribute to the way we live our lives. Let's look at the brain and how the brain affects the belief system. The brain and belief. The brain has a selective filtering system, often referred to as priming, and it works on an activation slash inhibition model. When the brain is primed by a certain belief to look for something, it shuts down competing neural networks. This means that you will have a difficult time seeing evidence to the contrary of an already existing belief system. This is the reason why you always keep getting what you have always got. You know, in the book of Luke chapter 8 verse 18, Jesus Christ says this, he says, so take care how you listen for whoever has to him more shall be given. The very first time I, I learned this scripture, I was quite baffled. I was thinking, how could I keep getting what I keep getting? Or how could somebody who doesn't have lose, lose, lose what he already has? And the Lord began to tell me, like, you need to take care how not just what you listen to. What you listen to is important, but how you listen is important because the how you listen to becomes the filter, becomes the paradigm that filters what you see and what you get. So if your view of God is filtered through the lens of an angry God, that is all you're going to be getting when you read the Bible. If your lens of God is filtered through a God of love, that's all you're going to be seeing when you read the Bible. 
if your lens of God is your lens of God is filtered through the God of consuming fire, that's all you are going to see when you read the Bible. If your lens about yourself is filtered through I'm not worthy, nobody loves me, that's all you're going to see when you read the Bible or you relate to other people. So the reason why people who are depressed see more of a depressing world is because of this principle in Luke chapter 8, verse 18 that says, take care how you listen for whoever has to him much shall be given which means you are always going to keep getting what you have always got unless what unless you do something about it unless you have what i call a paradigm shift the reason why you're convinced that your view of the world is the truth is because that is the version of the truth that you have created for yourself and that's the version of the truth that you are experiencing let me explain something in a different way about the environment you see what you take in from the environment through your belief system always filter through to become what we call your self-concept your belief will filter the information from your environment and use that to create what we call a self-concept except when the thoughts are coming from the environment you are able to filter them based on a different kind of lens what kind of lens are we talking about the lens of who god declared you to be the lens of what god said in his word the lens of who god is and the lens of how god expects you to relate to other people listen your self-concept is made up of what i call the i am belief system and the i am belief system focuses around who you are right now but there's also another belief system that i want to talk about which is the i can belief system the account belief system talks about what you are capable of being in the future. So when you look at the I am and the and the, and the account belief system, you put them together, there is actually essentially like a state of mind, the way you see yourself, the way you look at life. And this paradigm then affects the way you approach life. The I am and the account statement will enable you to create stories and narratives about who you are that you tell yourself and that other people also perceive as you relate with them all day long let me give you an example if you say i am not good enough i'm not lovable i cannot do it then that's exactly what you're going to see because that is the information that you have fed your mind and that information that you fed your mind is going to flow to other people unconsciously in the realm of the spirit why is that because we are all spirit being even somebody who is not a believer when they come near you and they perceive the emotion coming out of your body, unconsciously they can pick up the vibration that you are you are saying about yourself. Now, but imagine if you have somebody who says, I am smart, I'm lovable, I'm capable, I can achieve my goals. Then what happens is that person carries that consciousness everywhere they go and that permeates into the room or it shows up anywhere they show up as somebody that is lovable, smart, and capable. Listen, you are the main character in your story. And you write the script based on your self-concept or based on your I am belief system and based on your I can belief system. And this is likely self-created. But the good news is, no matter what our I am belief system is, no matter what our I can belief system is, the, the truth of the matter is we can recreate the story. As I've mentioned before, paradigms are formed through a consistent way of thinking. So what if we can choose our thoughts to align with what God's thought says? What if instead of saying I'm not lovable, I say I am delightfully loved by God? What if instead of saying I'm weak and tired, we say I am strong 
and God is with me. What if you say, I am helpless and I can say, God is my help, whom shall I fear? You know, when you replace this thinking, this internal dialogue with the dialogue that comes from who God has said, what God has said and who God has declared you to be, then you begin to change your life. Let me introduce you right now to uh, a, a model that I have that I call the tear concept. You see, the tear concept is based on the fact that thoughts create realities. And it's based on, the, on this premise that when you have thoughts come into your mind, those thoughts, after a while, when you ponder on them, it, they will create what I call emotions in your body. And when you have emotions in your body, unchecked emotions always will push you to take actions. And when you act, you are going to get a result. So TEAR, T-E-A-R, is thoughts, emotions, actions, and results. So your thoughts eventually, eventually lead to your results. How? Because thoughts left unchecked will create emotions in your body. Emotions left unchecked will create actions in your body. And actions left unchecked will always produce results. Every single time you take action, you are always going to get some sort of result. Why? Because one of the laws of the universe says actions always produce results. When you act, there must be an outcome. Okay. So now, when you write the story of what you think is likely to happen to you or is possible based on what you have believed to be the truth in your heart, then you are going to ultimately take action that is consistent with those things that you have believed. And therefore, when you act based on the things that you already believe is, is who you are, then that means you're actually participating in creating the experience that you are experiencing. Now, is there a way out? Well, praise God. Fortunately, God did not leave us here helpless. He told us what we can do about it. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. In the Passion Translation, he says this. He says, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to design God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. What this scripture is saying is that, number one, it is our responsibility to stop imitating the ideals and the opinion of the culture around us. What does that mean? It means I should not live my life based on the opinions of the world. I should not live my life based on the opinions of, of my friends. I should not live my life based on the opinions of others, but I should live my life based on the opinion and the ideal that God has declared for me. Where do I get these ideas and opinion? It is in his word. In his word. His word tells me who I am. His word is the mirror that tells me who I am. The Bible says, but you shouldn't stop there. You allow God to do something wonderful in your life. The God transforms you from the inside out. <laughs> How? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. But well, God does this thing through only one method. The Bible says through a total reformation of how you think. So how you think, the reformation of how you think is important to God. God is saying to you, in order for me to change your life, in order for me to reform your life, in order for me to transform your life, in order for you to come out on the other side like a beautiful flower, in order for you to be able to manifest and experience the goodness, the kindness, the love of God, in order for you to manifest and experience this goodness that is already yours in Christ, there's something that you must do. You must change how you think. All right, so now God says you must change how you think, but it must come from the inward transformation by the Holy Spirit. Now, when this happens, this scripture is saying you, you will be empowered to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. So, the process through which we are transformed is by how we think. 
how we think empowers us to design God's will and makes us to live a beautiful life that is satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Transformation begins with how you think. The synonym for how you think in this uh, scripture is the word the words mind renewer. The word transformation, however, you know, in this same scripture is from the Greek word metamorpho. Metamorpho means metamorphosis, all right? And it actually, essentially means an inner change that leads to an outward permanent change. It's like when you see, um, you know, uh, the, the transformation that a butterfly goes through. You know, from a cocoon to a lava, and then it becomes a beautiful butterfly. You can actually not look at the butterfly and look at the cocoon and see that they're totally related at all. Why? Because transformation has happened. The the the, the butterfly, uh, the, the 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 lava, sorry, the cocoon has metamorphosed or metamorphosized into a beautiful butterfly. It is my prayer for you that as you embark on uh, the mind renewal program, that your life will become like that of uh, the lava or the cocoon that changes into a butterfly but this can only happen as you submit yourself to the truth of god's word you must allow yourself to renew your mind based on what god has declared you to be to have permanent outward change we must constantly engage in what i call the mind renewal process how do we do that by changing how we think and what we think on this process starts with first a process of awareness. Being aware of what you think about is a very first step. Because if you're not aware of what you think about, how could you change it? If you can identify negative thoughts before they take root in the cave of your mind, then you can trap them and remove them. The Right Thinking Program was created to help you identify and filter negative thoughts from your mind so that you are empowered to think right. We believe that right thinking always leads to right believing. And the right believing always leads to right living. Transformation starts from the way and how you think. So, as I round up, what is the process of change? Well, the first thing is to decide and desire you want to transform. Make a decision that you really want to transform. Then, but if this decision is not enough, you must desire, you must be motivated to want to change. Now, second point is become aware of your thought process. What are you thinking about? Essentially, think about what you are thinking about. Now, challenge your thought and beliefs with the gospel. When a thought is presented to you or a belief comes up that you find, ask yourself the question, what does the word of God or what does the Bible, what does the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, what does it say about this one? Now, as you as you expose the thought and the beliefs to the gospel, you will then need to do something. You need to replace those wrong thoughts with the right ones. Consistently, you do this. Now, in the beginning, it might seem difficult, but as you persist in this process, you 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 be transformed from that lava, that cocoon, to a beautiful butterfly. The next thing you do is always say what God says about you. Say what God says about you, and then after you say what God says about you, act as if the word is true because it is. You see, there's a scripture in Book of James chapter chapter one verse twenty two that says that be a doer of the word. What Bible says be a doer is actually saying be a poetic performer of the word. And the Bible says if you are not a doer of the word, if you don't po- poetically perform the word, then you have deceived yourself. So in order for you not to be not to get into self-delusion, you must be a doer of the word. How do you become a doer of the word? By acting as if the word is true. 
act as if the word is true essentially you are saying god yeah i may not feel it right now but your word says this is what your word says and i act in a, in tandem with what your word says now as you act in tandem with what the word of god says as you behave as the word of god expect ask you to behave in any situation the bible says god himself watches over his words to perform it praise god now the last point is consistently allow yourself to dissociate from the past and associate with the future what do i mean by that you see there's a story in the book of genesis when uh, lot was being taken out of sodom and gomorrah the bible says that lot's wife looked back why did she look back she looked back because her heart was anchored on the past her heart was anchored on what was going on in sodom and gomorrah she wanted to look back to what she was missing you know and because of that she became a pillar of salt this is what it means is that god has made a way of escape for lot's wife and lot's family and they were meant to be put in a place in in the mountain hidden from the destruction that was meant to come upon sodom and gomorrah but because her heart was resolute on the past she never made it i'm asking you that even as you go on this journey consistently dissociate yourself from the past either your past failure your past mistakes the things you've done in the past or even your past successes let your heart focus on the future that is laid ahead of you praise god forevermore now when you do that you are going to be like lot who eventually got to the other side with with his with his children and and was saved from the destruction that came upon sodom and gomorrah listen to me my friend there are three things we are going to be looking at over the next 15 days in this transformation program we're going to be looking at the thoughts that you have believed about god the thoughts that you have believed about yourself the thought that you have believed about others and when we look at these things we're going to then put them in tandem with what the word of god says what have you believed or what does the word of god say <laughs> and when we look at what the word of god says we are able to then say hey let's change our mind let's renew our mind let's change how and what we think about praise god all right so what are the thoughts you want to go away with when we talk about thoughts about god we want to explore what have we believed about god are these things true are these based on our cultural biases or are they based on religious thinking instead of what was revealed by the lord jesus when we think about thoughts about ourselves we think about what is the basis of our identity what's the basis of our self-talk what do we talk to ourselves about what is the basis of those self-talk those self-talks that we have with ourselves are they based on human definitions or are they based on who god has declared us to be and the last point is thoughts about others here we explore a better way of thinking about other people whether it's the government or your neighbor or the man down the street you know it is important to know that the way we think about others is totally critical to how we succeed in life praise god forevermore all right thank you very much for listening so hopefully i will see you on the program again i know this is a long a longer message but it's very important for you to understand that the way you think affects the way you believe and the way you believe affects the way you live to get a different result in your life you must choose a different kind of thought god bless you and i'll speak to you another time